Welcome to the Bill Bradley Collective on a beautiful, though somewhat brisk. It's my type of weather. Friday the 13th. Spooky day. Very ominous. It is. Uh, How you doing, Andrew? Well, doing well. Good to be here with you guys. So, the Eagles will have played the Jets by the time this plays. Uh, but for the Jets us, will have beaten the Eagles. Rest, the I am betting the money line in this game um, for the Jets. <clears throat> the Eagles have played the Jets 12 times and lost, and the Eagles have won all 12 games. It's the only team in football the Jets have not beaten. But twice, in 1996 and in, 20, and in 1973, they came within one point, losing 24-23 and 21-20. Andrew, name one of the quarterbacks who led the Jets in those games. And again, it's 96 and 1973, and are they dead or alive? The 96 team. I have to go to 96. One in 15. Yep. Yep. Rich Kotite. No, he was a coach. Quarterback. <laughs> right. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> sorry. I was thinking about sorry. No, was, that was not an answer. Um, God, they started like three guys that year. Which one was it? Oh, we just went through the list of 90s. I know. And I'm just Jets I got quarterbacks. I, like I got to pick the right ago. one. I got to pick the right one. It's the end of the season. They were 1 in 14 when they played this game. I still would have been rooting hard in week 16 for that. You were, root- you were rooting for the Jets to beat the Rams. <laughs> And not get Trevor Lawrence. I stand by it. <laughs> yeah, that way, that ain't well. You play to win the game. You play to win the game. Herm Her- Edwards. Right. And Herm Edwards is now coaching no one. So <laughs> there is that. They could have had Trevor Lawrence. Do you have an answer? Yeah. It is? Browning Nagel. It is not Browning Fuck. Nagel. Is it Neil O'Donnell? It is not Neil O'Donnell. Okay. I don't feel so bad. Who is it? Rick it's- Meyer? It's Glenn Foley. Glenn Foley. Fuck. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, my father worked with a guy named Glenn Foley for at the phone company for like so many years. Um, the, the, 70, yeah. the 73 quarterback was Al Woodall. Or Woodall. Yeah, Woodall. Uh, he took over for Namath. Um, Nagel was earlier. I should have. Yeah, Nagel was a little yeah. earlier. So is Glenn Foley alive or dead? 1996. Was, uh, I will. Hope, I hope he's alive. He is alive. That's he's he's swell. he's still a young man of, of fifty. Uh, he was born seventy, so he's a young man of fifty three. Very good. Hopefully, we see him in the crowd. Uh, and on I'll, and I'll, toss. And Al Woodall was also still alive. Uh, oh, wow. He came out of Duke. So Zach, the last great Simpsons episode, we would agree, is when they go, oh, to Brazil. Yeah. To Brazil. Why did they go there? Uh, Bart had a no it was not Bart had a pen pal that they hadn't heard from uh so they went down to check if he was if he was alive and he was a mascot in the parade it was Lisa Lisa yeah who had but it was mostly because she had run up a $400 telephone bill in calls to Brazil trying to find him it is the exact reason that they go to Australia to yes. pay a phone bill. <laughs> They're both phone bills. But it, it was Lisa 
And uh, it was one of the only times, there's one of the times when she, when Bart starts yelling at Bart, Bart for doing it, because I didn't do it. Because I'm sorry, it's just habit. Uh, but, uh, and the, uh, the captors get Stockholm Syndrome for Homer. <laughs> right. That's right. And uh, it, it ends with an anaconda swallowing uh, Bart, Bart, but he still dances because the stripper from the- Oh, uh, it's Carnival. Yeah, and the stripper from the, from the, from the children's show is her. So, Andrew, what will you be ranting about today? The simultaneous experience of like the baseball postseason, taking it in as kind of a neutral observer, enjoying the hell out of the just the variance, all these underdogs uh, coming through, but also realizing that the system in place is really probably not the best to crown uh, the best team over a 162 game, six, seven month season. And Zach, what will you be ranting about? Uh, in a dark world, my my sails are bolstered by the wind of the Jets at a rough sea uh, during these times. I'll be talking about the Jets after week five. And, and I will be talking about one of the issues that led to this being a more difficult season than we had hoped for because of AstroTurf. It's not called AstroTurf. It's artificial, it's, turf. Yeah. artificial turf. Artificial it has, turf. Uh, it has like... Uh, I think it's broken up tires in it, right? Isn't that what it is? It, it's a there's all chemical compound. They're yeah. all they're all different kinds, but uh, and the fact that the NFL will not listen to its players who are begging them to spend a little tiny bit of money by NFL standards and have them play on natural grass. And Andrew, what's the main topic? One of the great sh- television programs in recent history, Succession. There's a episode titled "Shit Show at the Fuck Factory." <laughs> That is also maybe the best way to describe uh, our congressional Republicans as the Speaker of the House debacle continues to unfold. We're going to talk about that. All the major players, Jimmy Jordan, Matt Gates, uh, our boy in California, Kevin uh, McCarthy, Steve Scalise, that, the rants, it's all the fixings. Next on the Bill Bradley Collective. <laughs> Driving into the crossroads of sports and politics, we are the Bill Bradley Collective. Here are your hosts, Ed, Zach, and Andrew. So this week, uh, I was thinking about what I wanted to rant about uh, that wasn't, you know, horribly depressing or horrifying or just awful. Uh, because that's kind of all the news has been lately, uh, and that's taken up pretty much all of my brain space. And then uh, this afternoon, I got a package, and uh, it is my yearly uh, Jets jersey purchase uh, that I do every season. And I was reminded that the Jets, you know, even in the dark times, uh, I have the New York Jets. And I know for at least 17 Sundays, I get to watch them, hopefully 18 uh, this year, maybe 19. Uh, so that's what I'm going to talk about for my rant. By the way, the jersey I got, right guard Joe Titman, the Wisconsin Waterfall, been the best rookie line, uh, lineman in the NFL this season. His PFF grade is phenomenal. Joe Titman. He's been good. Yeah, yeah, he's been real good. I uh, I had to get it special custom because they do not sell. Shout Joe. out to Pro Football Focus there, yeah. Zach. You yeah. quant. Yes, I, I've, been, I've been big on the PFF grades. Uh, But I wanted to talk about the Jets because, you know, we kind of a few weeks ago did a morose, uh, downtrodden look at the Jets season uh, after Aaron Rodgers uh, went down with the 20 Achilles. But the Jets have survived 
uh, pretty well so far into the season. They're two and three. Um, they could easily, it's not out of the realm that they could be four and one or three and two at this point. I mean, the loss against the Patriots required like a historically bad game for even Zach Wilson. Uh, and then the Chiefs nearly got him. Uh, but this week, the Jets have the Eagles coming in uh, without their star defensive tackle, uh, Jalen Carter, star cornerback Darius Slay, uh, Kyle uh, Fletcher Cox, sorry, is banged up. He'll be on a limited role. And Zach Wilson, last couple games, he's starting to look like an NFL quarterback. Might have taken three years. Might have been a lot of downtimes. You might have had to see Chris Streveler come in on a Thursday night. But we may have made it. I think the Jets have found a system that works for Zach Wilson, which is run the ball 25 to 30 times and throw for 200 yards and let the defense do the rest. And Like, I looked at it. They could conceivably be 8-8 eight and eight with a win-and-getting game against the Patriots in Week 17. Um, this season's not over. The Bengals... Two and three. The Ravens, three and two. The Steelers, not good. Barely three and two. Uh, the Patriots, fantastically sitting at one and four. Uh, the AFC is still pretty open for that wild card spot. The AFC East, you know, the Dolphins are going to take it, but I don't know. There's something about this Jets team lately that thinks, like, we're not out. We'll be playing meaningful games in December. Yeah, I am. Um... I mean, the Patriots game was really hard because that game they should have won. They're the better team. Yeah. And as you said, it it, it took the most Zach Wilson Zach Wilson's ever been to lose that game. Um, he didn't really play well last week, but they ran the he ball. He was fine. He ran the ball great. He he threw a horrifying interception late in the game. No, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> I disagree. That was a that was just that was a fifty fifty ball to Wilson. Wilson could have came up with it. It went through his arms. Uh, and Sertan just made a good pick. That's a 50-50 yeah. ball. That was not on Wilson. Well, you don't throw a 50-50 ball with Sertan there. But anyway. You do if you have Garrett Wilson there. <laughs> well, regardless, I do think they will clearly be playing meaningful games. Their schedule, all of the hard games were at the beginning of the year. Yeah. I mean, they obviously still have the Bills and the Dolphins. But they've already beaten the Bills once. Dolphins are hard, but you know what? The Dolphins also have games where they turn the ball over five times. And with HN, HN may not be back. Before. He's out for like six weeks. Yeah, he's out for, I mean, I, it, it's not helping my fantasy team in the New London League because uh, I had him. But um, regardless, no, I think they will be playing meaningful games. They play hard. I mean, is Sella a great coach? Probably not. But his team plays hard, and that's a good defense, and that's his defense. Two, um, not revelations to like jet files like ourselves, but um, two points I just want to make about two players. One, if you if you take just assume everybody's healthy the rest of the year, if I can have one running back in the non Christian McCaffrey and the Kyle Shanahan offense division, I would take Brees Hall. Oh, oh yeah, it's a terror. This guy you, over Bijan. Give, give me him for the rest of the year. Give me Brees. Give me Brees. Okay. Um, Bryce Huff, edge rusher. Bryce Huff has basically made Carl Lawson completely expendable. This guy on a per-snap basis is the premier pass rusher in the NFL on a per-snap basis. If they free up, uh, if, if they, and I think they're going to trade Lawson, get something for him, this guy's got to play more snaps. He's got to be on the field more. Um, again, this guy's a terror game wrecker. Uh, they've been my, I think they've been offensive, defensive MVPs this season. Um, 
look, I'm not sold on Zach, but again, this was kind of the formula coming out of that Buffalo game was if if Zach can be serviceable, if he can be not even necessarily competent, but just take care of the football and let the guys around you on both sides just do their thing. Yeah, this team, this team's in it. This team's definitely in it. Bryce Huff, not only is he the leading pass rusher by pretty much all metrics, he's done it with like 50 fewer snaps. That's what I'm saying. Like on a per off, snap basis. Off the number of snaps. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, well done. let's go Jets. <laughs> Meaningful games in December again, even with Zach Wilson. Who knows? Who knows what can happen? Maybe we get Rodgers back on week one in uh, the playoffs. Injected well, into the uh, fans. Well, because he's, yeah, because he's, well, and the Dolphins, listening to Dolphins sex helps. He's doing whatever he's got to do. <laughs> um, so Major League Baseball's postseason is down to their final four teams. Both league championship series are set. In the NL, we've got the Philadelphia Phillies coming off of a fucking really entertaining series win over the Atlanta Braves in four games. The 84 win Arizona Diamondbacks knocked off uh, NL West Division champion uh, Dodgers in, in a sweep, just kind of blew them off the field. In the AL, it's the it's the battle for Texas. Um, that's great. Uh, the Ted Houston, Cruz Bowl. Houston, the Ted Cruz Bowl, indeed. Houston Astros facing off against the upstart Texas Rangers. Um, I've been watching a lot of postseason baseball, and I've been enjoying the hell out of a lot of it. There's something about like crowds at these games, like during the during the regular season. And I'll, I'm going to get this point. These crowds, there's, they're pretty lifeless. It's just kind of whatever. These postseason baseball crowds, unless it's in you know St. Petersburg, Florida, these guys, these fans live and die in every pitch. These are sold out houses. It's loud. It's raucous. It's really it makes it honestly enhances the television product. Um, as much as I've enjoyed it, and I have not had a horse in this race. Perhaps that's made it <clears throat> easier since Labor Day or really the All Star break. The Yankees, who are going to run it back again with Brian Cashman, Aaron Boone. That's great. Can't wait to see that again unfold. It's you know not having that horse in the race. It's it's made it fun. It's uh, it's it's been you know weeknight good action. Let's be but let's be honest. If these if the goal of the baseball postseason is to crown like the best team, this fucking thing is a crapshoot. Let's just be honest. It's a, it's it's a crapshoot. If you're and again, it's all it all comes from the everything that drives sports now. It's about television rights, money, and, and ESPN wanted to get in that postseason pie. With Fox and with Turner, so they had this. You get the three wild card teams, and you have this best of three. Um, again, playing around, we you go from twelve teams to eight teams. Um, with that, the problem for so like the teams that I mentioned, the Dodgers went down. The Atlanta Braves, who won the NL East over the Phillies by was it thirteen and a half, fourteen and a half games? Yeah, they go down. Um, in the AL, the the Baltimore Orioles with ninety nine games, they go down. It's like. And I don't. And, and I'm not advocating for changes to be made. That's not what I'm doing. I'm not bemoaning anybody's bad luck. I'm not playing a violin for the fucking Dodgers or for the Braves, whatever. But best of five. I know we've had best of five second round walk around since 1995. <laughs> Why do we play a 162 game regular season and then have it come down to these best of threes, best of fives? And the biggest issue I have too is that these teams that win that first play and that first best of three. They, they, they get to the, the Orioles, they get to the Braves, get to the Dodgers, that have all had a week and a half off. These other teams come in and it's like they're in they're in rhythm. They're st- for pitchers, for pitching, you want to like set your rotation. You want to have your bullpen arms rested. For hitters, for a lineup, you don't need that 10-day layoff. You don't want that 10-day layoff. And in all of those series, you and the Astros just seem to be fucking immune to this thing. These guys are just, as much as I hate them, postseason behemoths, really, what they've... And I, and I would not bet against them going forward. But there is a certain lack of integrity in terms of 
again, the NBA and the NHL play half, half the game, uh, rate, amount of regular season games, right? You got to win 16 games in each of those sports to win a World Series. If you're the Braves, if you're one of those teams that has the bye, you got to win 11. And you play twice as many regular season games. And again, I've enjoyed the 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 unpredictability, the, the upsets. It's been a lot of fun. And even if it was the Yankees involved, one or the other, like it would be, yeah, I'd be bemoaning their bad luck if they won 110 games and got knocked off in the first round. Sure. But this isn't, this is like, a, it, it, it makes for a great television product. I don't think it makes for a high integrity television, uh, high integrity competitive postseason product. I've been thinking about this because the baseball and set, like the Braves shouldn't have been playing the Phillies. They should have been playing the Diamondbacks. They don't um, recede. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and if they, but they don't recede, so it ends up in this weird tournament. But it does make, like, you don't get an advantage from being the one seed in the way the tournament is. You don't get an advantage really being a two seed because um, you just play whoever wins. This has, though, been. I like the underdogs. I like seeing the underdogs win. On the other half, on the flip side of what you said, oh, you got 10 days off? You're a professional baseball player who gets paid millions of dollars. Take batting practice for 10 days. Do whatever you have to do to stay in rhythm. But, like, you're a pro- that's what you- it's your job. Your job is to hit. Mookie Betch and Freddie Freeman went, like, one for 17 in the series. Um, Look at Acuna and, and Matt Olson. Similarly, were I think those four, those four who are going to be one through four NL MVP in whatever order, though they went to combine six for thirty nine with no home runs. Baseball is a sport about it's it's the biggest sample size. Best three games, four games. Like there's, yeah, guys have multiple stretches, many stretches. The best players, three or four game stretches where they're they're bad. It's also a situation where the things that make you good in the regular season are irrelevant in the postseason. You know, pitching depth. You you know, number three, number four starters. Certainly number four, number five starters, they don't get in. And so there is that. Um, the Dodgers have become the uh, uh, Dallas Cowboys of baseball. They, you know, they put they great regular seasons, that's it. Um, but it has been a compelling product. It's just not... It's not the way to choose the best team. Um, I heard somebody compare it to like the NCAA tournament. I've been thinking about that all week. But it's, yep. which is great. It's a crapshoot. But <laughs> the best team doesn't always win. It, but it doesn't matter as much because you didn't pay 162 games. You paid 28 or 30 or Just something. Bingo. The one thing about this playoffs that has been awesome have been the Twitter clips. That don't have the announcers and just have the crowd noise. How great! These crowds are loud as They're, fuck. That like, <laughs> I, I, I saw one from last night's game where the bases were loaded. Uh, Braves were up. Long fly ball to center. Deep fly ball to center. You can hear the crowd go silent and then just erupt. Uh, same in the Diamondbacks. Like you know what? Yeah, the Diamondbacks only won eighty four games. They're not a big market team. They're also fun as hell. They run. They slap the ball around the field. They don't really hit a lot of home runs. They just s- small ball you to death. Like, let's go Diamondbacks. You know, I'd like to see an 84 team win the, win the World Series. It's going to be a fun series. Philly and we, Arizona, yeah. it's going to be a fun series. We nearly had an 83 uh, win team win the World Series in 1973 uh, when the Mets <laughs> blew a 3-2 lead. <laughs> Is that like the worst division of all time, the NL East yeah, yeah, 73? Yeah. For sure. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. The Met, the the lead, the home run. I think the leading home run hitter on that team. That was a seventy-two team. The leading home run hitter hit fourteen. Um, 
So Zach started talking about the Jets, and, of course, he talked about the morose conversation we had, and that's when Aaron Rodgers uh, tore his left Achilles in MetLife Stadium. Um, one day after the Giants also played there on AstroTurf. And this has become a real issue. It's partially becoming an issue because FIFA is saying that if they're playing the World Cup anywhere in the United States, they're going to have to tear up the, they're not going to let them play on AstroTurf. You have to play on grass. The fact that we are asking professional athletes to play football on AstroTurf is insane. The players do not want to do it. They say their bodies hurt significantly more. And the reason is, shockingly, money. <laughs> it's estimated that a natural grass field would co- could cost a cold-weather team $2 million to $3 million per year to maintain, and it's $400,000 each time it's replaced. Um, and, you know, uh, they cost $1.25 million to install uh, when you do it. That money can be found in the couch cushions of the, uh, the NFL. These guys buy the teams and sell them for billions of dollars more than they paid for them. It's the right thing to do. Then they say, well, yeah, but the, the stadiums are publicly owned, so we really can't pass that to the taxpayers. Well, you didn't fucking think of that when you asked the taxpayers to build you the stadium. Raise the rents. You could raise the rent. If you're going to play here, and we have to do this, you've got to pay us $10 million more. You know what the NFL is going to do? Well, they're going to go somewhere else. But if they have to go to a, a uh, grass field, they'll just do it because they wouldn't have a choice. The f- it is barbaric that we're doing this. And the NFL says, well, the improvements in, the, in uh, AstroTurf have really met, shown that there's no difference. Like in 2021, they were statistically even. Yeah, that's fine if you cherry-pick data, but – you're in the last year, it's 0.13% more injuries if you play on artificial turf rather than glass. Well, 0.13 doesn't sound like that much. Think of the thousands and tens of thousands of plays during the course of an NFL season, and you've got a whole bunch of guys who are hurt. And do we really want to watch? I mean, the NFL built up Aaron Rodgers all offseason. We were so excited about it. He goes down. It's not just that. I mean, Milano went down for uh, the the, um, the Bills. The Bills broke his fucking I'm, leg. Kelsey, right. Kelsey didn't. He has a high. He played last night, but he just yeah. went down uh, running a route in, in Minnesota. In Minnesota, in Minnesota just which, has, which has the worst grass field anywhere. I mean, the worst turf anywhere. Always That's, the stadiums changed, but the the turf stays yeah. the same. It is absolutely time, and the NFL players should. I mean, they didn't, and they won't. But the NFLPA should say, we'll come back and play when the contract's up when you agree that everyone plays on grass turfs. Yeah, I mean, $3 million for these teams in the Northeast, you know, and it's not just the Northeast, it's also the Midwest, you know, Green Bay, Minnesota. Um, But these teams are billion-dollar franchises. Billion-dollar franchises. What did the commanders just get sold for? Like six Six. billion? Six Six billion. billion. Three million to a person that is worth six billion is like when we give somebody fifty cents in the Salvation Army Bowl. Like it is not; it, they wouldn't notice it. They wouldn't notice it. They just eat it as cost. Nobody would get laid off. They just wouldn't notice it. But I think if they don't want to go back, 
if they don't want to go to grass turf, I think we should go back to uh, what they used to have in the old Blue Jay Stadium, just like that carpet on top of cement, <laughs> and make yeah. them play on that. Um. <laughs> I was, I, you know, I was just going to say, I'm sure 40, 45, 50 years ago, the Kingdome and the Metrodome and the Pontiac Silverdome, Astrodome, were these very high concept, like, really expensive for the time, like, revolutionary, like, oh, my God, these, like, we can do, we can have Final Fours here and football and baseball and all of this. Okay, great. Uh, that those fields, those those astroturfs, cost like d- d- ruined dozens and dozens of careers. And now, forty years later, there's like billions and billions of more dollars invested into this into this entity. Like, can we protect these guys in like the slightest bit and give them like a, a, a surface condition that won't just wreck their fucking lower extremities? In like, the NFL, doesn't guarantee their contracts. <laughs> so if you get hurt, you could be you're not getting the, all your money. But if you're Woody Johnson and you invested. In Aaron Rodgers, and then he goes down four plays in. Wouldn't you think? Well, this is—it's kind of silly for me to not put in three million dollars, three million dollar natural grass to protect my forty million dollar investment. And that's that MetLife Stadium. It's two billionaires. It's the, <laughs> it's the, it's the, the Tishes with the Giants. It's Woody Johnson with the Jets. It's like it's double your billionaire. I, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's that much more money that they. That's just what that should be spent in that direction. But the hypocrisy of the NFL saying, "Well, these are publicly owned, and you know we don't want to sp- uh, give that cost to the taxpayers." I mean, Jesus, you're holding taxpayers up for hostage every single time a team. Like, why do you think the uh, the Rams or uh, the Raiders are in Las Vegas? So we all read it about sports and various debacles, but now we're going to do a completely political debacle, which is going on as we speak. In the House of Representatives, as one person said, uh, one representative from Republican said, it's a clown. I would call it a clown show, but that's disrespectful to clowns. And we'll be back with that after this. Yeah, I'll get it. Every so often, an opportunity comes along that is truly once in a lifetime. Sign here, please. Yeah, sure. The Fine Print Mint proudly introduces the American Bimbo Collection. Oh, great! Marla Maples! Each month, you'll receive a classic American Bimbo, lovingly handcrafted by the artisans of the Fine Print Mint. There's Jessica Hahn, Donna Rice, Robin Gibbons, Rob Lowe, even Ted Kennedy. And each Bimbo is crafted from material as cheap and tacky as they are. Look, Dad! Her head was hollow! Collect them. Swap them. Put them on a pedestal and then knock them off. Your family will spend hours admiring the amazingly accurate detail on each and every bimbo. Look at the bongos on that one, son. And if you act now, we'll rush you the complete Steve Garvey collection, including all his illegitimate children. To order, send your check to 12 Easy Pieces, Post Office Box T&A, Jigglemore, Colorado, for the American Bimbo Collection. Great set. Hi, Dad. So we believed that we would not be able to descend below Kevin McCarthy, as Speaker of the House. I mean, he made what the guy from uh, Minnesota, who was it, the previous Speaker of the House, who ran for Vice President. Oh, Paul, Paul Ryan. Ryan. Paul Ryan. Wisconsin, not Minnesota. Minnesota. Wisconsin. They're the same place. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I didn't think we'd get below Paul Ryan, but McCarthy was just way below him. We're missing John Boehner. Think about that. Well, Bader. If Bader, was I kind of like Bader. If he's selling weed now, yeah, I know. 
after uh, criminalizing it his whole chain, career. Yeah. Chain smoker par excellence. Right, the yeah. Great cigarette he, smokers in political history, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, Bait, I mean, we've, we've seen our share. And then the Republicans kicked McCarthy out because he wasn't quite bad enough. Well, I think it's important to touch, like, it wasn't, it was eight. No, yeah, it was eight Republicans because the deal McCarthy made to Which, be speaker was that you only need one representative to introduce a motion to vacate the speakership. You used to have to get multiple people on board because removing the speaker is and should be a big deal. Well, you can't do the, you can't do any business in government, which of course we're discovering we can't do any business in government. But yes, I mean he agreed to this as a sop to get elected because it took him 15 votes to get elected because he sucks. He sucks by Republican standards. But then they got two worse guys, Steve Scalise, McCarthy's kind of hand-picked successor, who referred to himself as the as David Dukes without the baggage. And um, David Dukes, for those of you who don't remember, uh, ran was he, he was in Congress, I believe. Or he, certainly he ran, ran for the Senate in Louisiana. He, he ran for the Senate and lost. Uh, he was a formal a former imperial wizard of the Ku Klux Klan. Had some third party presidential like uh, yeah. thoughts. Yes. Yeah. He's been a guy. He's been a guy. And also spoke to a neo Nazi group and then claimed he didn't know it was a neo Nazi group, but the neo Nazi group said no, he he knew exactly who we were. <laughs> and and Jim Jordan, who an Ohio State report says covered up, knew about and covered up sexual abuse of the wrestling team when he was a wrestling coach. So these were our choices that we got. Uh, Scalise has now tried. He tried to run and stepped aside. Well, it was it was beautiful <laughs> because my favorite thing. I was sitting on the couch watching, I think baseball, and I get that alert on my phone that says, "You know, Republicans picked their speaker." And I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, Steve Scalise. All right, good, whatever. He's just as bad as McCarthy, but not." significantly worse in any meaningful way. Um, and then, like, an article comes out an hour later. It's like, well, yeah, he he won a, 111 to 99. And it was like, oh, so he's not close to 217 votes. And then it turns out, yeah, he's not close. <laughs> he was never close. He was never going to get there. After they come out of the conference, Jim Jordan didn't even back him. Like, it... What do they do? They, it's it's that was Steve Scalise. Uh, he wasn't even uh, Sisyphus climbing to, or flying too close to the sun. No, no, that's Icarus. He wasn't even Icarus. Sis he didn't. He didn't get off the ground. <laughs> yeah. Sisyphus rolls a boulder up a hill and it just rolls back down, which was Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy that was yeah. Kevin McCarthy. Um, but so the reason they only need two seventeen that you need two hundred seventeen votes is because in what should have been an overwhelming House victory in the midterms was absolutely scuttled by Donald Trump. And so now it's 222 to 210? Yeah. And so... Uh, 211. 222 to 214. 214. So you, get, you have to get to 217. And, yeah, that does it. And that's to get to, to 217. And the Democrats have said, well... You know, first of all, you, you're running impeachment hearings against Biden, even though you have no evidence whatsoever that he did anything wrong. You have been nothing but a monstrous 
from the time you started, we're not bailing you yeah, out the, of this problem. They made he makes an agreement with the Democrats to fund the government McCarthy, because yeah. yeah, McCarthy because he can't make a deal with his own party. The Democrats bail him out so we because we believe in funding the government. So we fund the government and he walks outside and blames Democrats. Right. So, so like what yeah, David Gregory from former MSNBC pundit and Andrew, I wanted to get your take on this because, like, you're the least, uh, you don't work in politics, whereas, like, I do not. But I do. That, that is correct. But, you, but you've been but following it. Yeah, sure. I know Dave Gregory. He said that this was the Democrats' fault for putting partisanship ahead of country and not bailing out the Republicans. That's a clown statement. How is this the Democrats' fault? <laughs> they're the minority. They're supposed to... <laughs> They're supposed to put out the fire that is this like Republican infighting. Like fuck off. Like that's all right. that is such a horrendous. And where, where's he now, Gregory? And he used to meet the press for a brief media, period of time. Media matters, I think. <laughs> I think he's at media. Oh, matters. The mighty have fallen. Yeah. NBC News to that. So um, yeah, go ahead. No, just that. I, it's that just the worst of both sidesms that we oh we got to find some way to place the blame on the Dems here. Why Dems, again? Yeah, put out your own fucking fire. And actually, they have a candidate who has two hundred and twelve votes. Yeah. We keep getting a guy. They keep nominating a guy who keeps coming in second. Hakeem Jeffries has 214 votes. They only need oh, yeah, 212. 212. They only need five Republicans. Right. And, and Jeffries even said, to his credit, like, yeah, work with us to find a speaker we can agree with that'll run bipartisan bills and we'll vote for him. I mean, what are they supposed to do? But they're supposed to. I mean, McCarthy is a monster. Um. Then. What are you going to do, go with Jordan? Who's neither, worse? Neither Jordan nor Scalise voted to certify the election. This came out of the yeah. Republican conference, is that one of the moderate Republicans stood up and said, can you say Donald Trump lost in 2020? And neither one of them would say it. And that's why, like, neither one of them can win. And you keep seeing this from reports that there's going to be this some mythical third guy they keep saying that it's somebody we don't even know yet that's going to come out of the woodwork and unite the party. He doesn't exist. I saw a good report that the Republican Party is not one party. They're a faction of five independent like political groups because you have the Freedom Caucus, then you have the MAGA Caucus, then you have the Northeast Republicans, then you have the Deep South Republicans, and then you have the Midwest Republicans, and they all vote differently. There's like a purely legislative incompetence to Jordan too. I was reading today, like he, not one bill that he has like sponsored has even made it to like the floor. I, I mean, don't you want some effectuality from a prospective speaker? Like, no, because they don't believe it. They don't believe in government. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, they, well, yes. they, 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 they're not a party that's serious about governing. Um, Steve Womack, a man I don't particularly know, but he's from Arkansas. He's a Republican said there's not a person in America, and that includes the Republican conference, that's going to get 217 votes. And then he said, this is not the place you want to be as you start moving into the election cycle. In 2024, America collectively may indeed say that we handed you the reins of power in the House of Representatives, and this is what we got for it. And so it wouldn't surprise me if they don't demand it back. Yeah. I mean, if we were a rational country, and if we didn't have obscene gerrymandering... They held the House and received what, like forty four percent of the po- of the votes yeah. for the House. Like they, you know, the they dem- never hit fifty percent. Yeah, ever in any elections anymore. They never hit fifty percent because more more than half the country doesn't believe in this shit. And that was also pre Dobbs. This is like the Republican, right. or no? It was post Dobbs. 
It was post Dobbs. Yeah, I mean, if the Republic and the Republicans have gotten not, they have not gotten better on Dobbs. Uh, and Jim Jordan is not going to be better on things like that are going to bleed their caucus. And you know, not, this is like, there's no joy in watching this. Like, you know, I'm a Democrat. I I I don't want Hakeem Jeffries no. to be head of the party, to be head of Congress. But you know, I guess he's our guy. But like. We need Congress to work. We don't know what this what happens when we don't have a speaker because we we don't have any constitutional like solutions for this. We just don't have a, a House of Representatives right now. So the the last time this happened was um, in 1909. In between, because remember in 1909, the president didn't take over until March, right? The new president yeah. didn't take over. So Roosevelt stepped out, uh, didn't run. Taft wins. So between November and March, um, actually between January and March, the House is seated, but the president is not, which, you know, that was a great plan. And, um, and uh, Joseph Cannon had been the speaker. Uh, he had non-consecutive terms because of uh, uh, speaker because that was all the rage in the late 1800s early 1900s Serve one term non-consecutive terms it was yeah. he, he grover cleveland did and in a very similar way there was this group of insurgents who were who were very conservative they were against the liberal policies of taft the, i mean of roosevelt the taft promised to continue and then didn't do it um and so they kept changing the rules to make it harder for him to govern and easier for him to be removed. And then they did have a vote to get rid of him, and it got they did a motion to vacate, and it got pounded. Uh, Cannon is remembered today because the um, congressional office building is named after him. Um, I do not believe it'll be named after McCarthy. I don't, I don't think they're going to rename it. But so where do we go? I mean, I can't see any possible way that they're going to get to 217 on anybody. The next, from what the last thing I saw in the news, which was 5.30 p.m., you know, about an hour and a half ago, was that um, Congress is going to vote again on Tuesday. Uh, So when this episode comes out, they're going to be voting for the speaker, except Jim Jordan said he is not going to go through a vote until he has 217. And after he walked out of the conference, 55 Republicans immediately said they weren't going to vote for him. Right. So he's not going to get to 217. He asked that he, he thinks he can work the phones all weekend and get 51 of them to get the 217, which doesn't seem likely because in the Republican Party, like, this is where you see the split that Trump brings in is that Republicans from the Northeast who all acknowledge Biden won can't vote for a guy who voted to decertify the election because then they'll get pounded by a moderate Dem. Correct. They, 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 they have no, they'll never vote for him. Plus, the McCarthy people are saying, wait a second, we're going to reward bad behavior? Yeah, we're we're gonna do that. Why are we doing that? We're not going because how do we govern if if it behooves people's personal ambition to tear down the government? Um, it's it's 
it, it is funny that Gates supported Scalise and not Jordan because originally they were best of buddies. Well, but Gates, it turns out nobody likes Gates. Yeah, and Gates also wanted wants Trump to be Speaker of the House. But Trump has supported um, Jordan. Trump, Jordan. Well, Trump's not going to be the Speaker of the House. That's for actual work. He's not doing actual work. Yeah, you have work. to show up every day. Yeah. This, yeah. this isn't to say that like these guys don't reflect the rank and file members of Congress, which I'm sure they do, but it, I don't think it's coincidental that this whole clusterfuck is at least in part related to the fact that between McCarthy, Jordan, Scalise, Gates, kind of the key chess pieces in all of this, these are like the absolute dregs of the, of, of Republican Congress, I, to me at least. I, yeah, th- I mean, this, this isn't low Wiker. <laughs> you know, this <laughs> isn't even, even an idea, guys. You know, e- even a guy that was horrifying on Muslims, Peter King, from New York, he was significantly better than any of these guys. Yeah. Popular, which yeah, I, I mean, it's. I think the only way you're going to get there is if one of the five or six, you know, more moderate members, the people that were in the problem-solving caucus, who supposedly are furious that the Democrats didn't work with them, if one of them says, either. Look, I'll work with you. We, I promise you, we will not. You know, we will stop the impeachment proceedings or whatever. Could I get your support? But the idea that we're just the Democrats owe it to the Republicans, who have made it a point that we will never govern. Yeah, this is not a Democrat problem. This is a Republican problem. You are the majority. The majority picks the Speaker of the House. That's how it is. It's not up to the, the Democrats. They nominated their guy. He got 212. <laughs> right. Nobody's gotten 212 yet. Nobody's getting two. Jim George's not getting 212. Steve Scalise isn't getting 212. Austin. Uh, What's more likely? Austin Scott. Uh, not Boston Scott of the, uh, <laughs> of the Eagles. Oh, the Eagles great. Austin yeah. Scott got 81 votes. I don't think anybody knew who the hell Austin Scott was. See, the guy <laughs> that played Elvis in the movie? Oh, it was Austin Butler. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it... it it would be like enjoyable if the consequences weren't so fucking dire. Like we can't give aid to Ukraine. We can't even give it. We can't give aid to to regardless how you feel about it. We can't give aid to Israel. We can't. We can't Our give government. We can't. We can't give financial aid to the Palestine to to help them. You know, with, our government run is shut down in thirty five days. Yep. We don't have a speaker of the house. How is how is Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden? Who are they supposed to negotiate a deal with? There's no yeah. They, There's they no can't. Patrick McHenry, like, uh, and Patrick McHenry, who seemed to me to be well, maybe they'll settle there. But all of the Jordan people say we're not supporting anybody but Jordan. Yeah, it's only it's Jordan or no one. Just to stress your point, this is a this is a Republican problem. Get your house in order, because again, with all of the just really fucked up consequential shit going on in the world and in this country to have one party just completely uh, just just ablaze right now it's bad bad timing they real bad i'm i'm reading a book about john quincy adams you know i've been reading a lot of american history and yeah these were bad flawed guys a lot of them not john quincy adams or his dad john adams they were fantastic (laughs) but a lot of these founding fathers were flawed deeply flawed people owned slaves you know had horrifying views on civil rights because they didn't even know what civil rights were back then but they always put country over party and there is not a chance in hell that anybody 
put country over party in this situation. No, I mean, you know, the Democrats figured out a way to get the government funded. Yeah. And they had to eat a lot of stuff they hated to do it. But they got it done. Even though McCarthy made a deal and then couldn't back it up, which is the one thing you can never do when you negotiate. You can never promise something that you can't deliver. Yeah. And he was giving it. You know, you were talking about the, the uh, uh, Northeastern Republicans. Mark Molino, Molinaro from New York said, the problem has been consistently that we've allowed emotions to get in the way of logic and in a way of the necessity to actually govern. I did not come here to be emotional. I came here to govern. First of all, almost no Republicans went there to govern. Do you think Marjorie Taylor Greene went there to govern? Do you think Warren Bobert went there to govern? Paul Gosar. No. Did Gosar? I mean... Louis, uh, Louis Gourmand. Uh, too bad Louis he's Gorm- Louis Gourmet. Yeah, too bad he's, yeah, whatever his name is. Gomer. Gomer, the Louis dentist. Gomer. The dentist. Yeah. But <laughs> dentist should not be allowed to run. He's a dentist and uh, goes, uh, the guy oh, from Gosar. Gosar's a dentist. He shouldn't be allowed to run. We, didn't we have a terrible dentist in Connecticut too? Always. Yeah, I mean, there's dentists have a lot of free time and they spend their life willfully putting their hands in people's mouths. I don't understand that job. Yeah, I mean, it, it is just... You know, Brent, I don't know if you want to chime in as, like, the person who is from a Republican state, like, been a Republican. I don't. I, I like my mental health. I don't pay attention to politics. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's just, it's it's bizarre. It's bizarre. Like, you would, they, the guy who's the leader of their party, Trump, says go with Jordan, and half the party says no. Then the same half of their party, it goes, all right, we'll go with McCarthy. And the crazy part says No. Where by the you, way, that's the same part of the party. Like, like where do you McCarthy compro- sucked. I just don't see where the compromise comes down here because whoever's going to get it is not going to get to remove the one vote threshold for a motion to vacate. They, so everybody's at risk of this happening just over again. They can't even get a motion to allow them to vote behind closed doors until they reach consensus and then go to the floor. They can't do that. So because they can't do that, all of this debacle is on television and people get to watch these morons act like morons. Yeah, George Santos had a baby today. He was, oh, he was walking around Congress with a fuck. Where you, and they asked him, is that your baby? And he said, not yet. What the fuck does that mean, man? Like, whose baby is that? He also said, and Dan Crenshaw is, is you know, Cyclops, but... But okay, Pete. But 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 um, Crenshaw uh, Santos said that he wouldn't vote for Scalise because Scalise did not call him and ask for him to vote. And Crenshaw said, "What do you want a fucking massage?" And it was like pretty good. That was pretty. I I like Crenshaw in in that moment. I don't like him in any other moments, but that was a good moment. But I mean, it we're in unheralded territory in our American history, like. It's, we're in we're in the death throes. Yeah, th- th- I, this is this is the loudest rattle we've heard. You know, if our government shuts down because our House of Representatives isn't functioning, what, you know, what do we do? Congress do you, Congress has the purse strings. Can uh, you know? Will Biden declare a state of emergency and say he now has the power of the budget? He might have to, and then they, and then and but then he wouldn't be able to run again, which might be a win win. So there would be that. So with that. Cheerful news. We wish you would do on the Bill Bradley Collective. 
As always, we thank you for joining us here. And if you like today's episode, smash that subscribe button. Leave us a review. Let's help grow the collective brand. We'll see you all next week on the Bill Bradley Collective.